Okay. Welcome back to Calling All Sports. I'm Mark Ovenden. We had to do that because that Roto-Rooter commercial ran in the first half of the show. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about Lewis Drug and how you grew up going to Lewis Drug and what that's meant to your life. And I'm going to call Jimmy Rogers. Ah, okay. Well, um, you know, Lewis Drug goes back how many years, Mark? 60, 70, 80 years, is it? 82. 82. I was thinking it was in the 80s. And, and I don't go back quite that far, but I recall as a young boy, riding my bike downtown, going to the YMCA and stopping at Lewis Drug on Phillips Avenue, kind of South Phillips there between 11th and 12th Street. And, and I would pick up some candy bars. That's where I acquired my taste of salt and nut rolls. Uh, I remember my parents stopping there for prescriptions uh, at that time, one of the few kind of drug-type stores where we could get prescriptions. Mark Griffin, who's the head of Lewis at the current time, is a former classmate of mine at Lincoln High School, so uh, he's a year or two younger than me. But uh, when we see each other, we reminisce quite often about the past. Uh, He grew up, uh, uh, obviously, uh, working and and being a part of the the Lewis hierarchy and the Lewis legend. Uh, So... um, uh, so we, we, I have a long history with Lewis and I've, um, I've, I always shop at Lewis whenever I can. I go by Lewis every day on the way home and stop there for, uh, some wine and beer. And, and I was there today to mail a, a, a package prescription. So, um, uh, Lewis is a big part of our family and, and, uh, uh, I enjoy not only the, their repertoire of products and services, but they've got really nice people there. Really nice people that uh, greet you and and are more than willing to help and and lend a hand whenever needed. So, um, um, Lewis apart is a part of our family, and and uh, I suspect they will continue to be a part of the Sioux Falls uh, uh, landscape for many many years to come. Yep, they've got their actually got their 82nd birthday coming up in February. Uh, it was um, 1942. That they started, so that would make them 82 in February. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty incredible. A little longer than you and I have been around, not not a whole lot, and uh, so they've they've served generations of family. By the way, speaking of Lewis Drug, the the uh, racquetball tournament's coming up, and I know it's filling. If you're a racquetball player, you'll want to go to the website and get yourself signed up. I just saw, was it yesterday or day before, that out of the 120 spots. For players, they got 107 signed up. So if you want to play, you better let them know. Uh, and of course, we're talking about uh, Lewis as a pro am tournament. We've got the best players in the world from the international racquetball tour here in Sioux Falls to play, and then all kinds of different uh, divisions for amateurs to play in. And uh, I, it, it was always my favorite tournament of the year. I, I love playing in Lewis, kind of like the Howard Wood Dakota relays compared to the state track meet. The state track meet's awesome. We used to have a state racquetball tournament, so that was a big deal to me, too. We don't have that anymore. But back when we had them both, the difference was the state racquetball tournament, you could only play people that were from South Dakota because it was a state racquetball tournament, just like the state track meet. The Howard Wood Dakota Relays, you're up against teams and play, and athletes from Nebraska, North Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, all the surrounding states, uh, Kansas, you name it. Same thing with that racquetball tournament in the Lewis Drug. I played people from all over the place in the Lewis racquetball tournament, just in the amateur division. And do, you, do you know where the tournament is held, Mark? It used to be at the YMCA, and it was a great weekend at the YMCA. I yes. don't know if it's still there. Yeah, it, it's always it's the pros have always played at the Y, and they still do. 
There are still courts at the Y. In fact, a bunch of us threw in some money to get a couple of glass courts built a few years back when it looked like all the courts down at the Y might go away. Uh, I'm trying to think. There would be one, two, three. There's five courts at the Y. There's three that were there for a long, long time, and then there's two new glass ones that are on the bas- that got built within the basketball courts and take up one end of the gym. Uh, and there's still a lot of basketball courts, but yeah, there's, so there's five there. And then it's also held at two or three other locations for all the amateurs who play. So, and by the way, we're waiting for Jimmy to call us back. I'm sure he's out of sync, uh, because we're supposed to, we usually do this every Tuesday at two 30 and yesterday they were traveling, told me he could do it today at two 30. And I know he's got a lot going on. I know he's got an interview with ESPN coming up here in about 20 minutes. So we'll see if we can get him on today or not. But just talking about South Dakota State, uh, we, we touched on it briefly with, with Chad. And what impressed you the most about that game on Sunday? I mean, it was, it kind of went the way I thought, although Montana hung in there. I was really, really impressed with Montana in the first half. Uh, it was state took the opening kickoff and marched down the field for seven minutes and scored. I thought, okay. They're going to manhandle this situation. Montana then took the kickoff and marched eight minutes down the field. The quarter ended with them on the one-yard line, fourth and goal. I thought when they didn't get it in on the first play of the second quarter, that was a huge deflating moment for Montana because had they scored, it's 7-7, and they had duplicated what the best team in the country that was favored to win by two touchdowns had done, and it would have given them a great deal of, of confidence. Granted, they moved the ball all the way down the field, but then they had nothing to show for it. You know, what impressed me the most was the consistency of South Dakota State. Uh, the air, uh, no airs to speak of. Um, last week with, when, when I was on the uh, show with Mike, um, I mentioned the fact that South Dakota State was about an 11 or 12 point favorite. And I kind of predicted that the first half would be relatively close, but South Dakota State would wear them down uh, with their consistency and their strength, uh, particularly their defensive strength, much like Michigan, I thought, wore down Washington, kind of the same scenario. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. South Dakota State uh, outplayed them a relatively close first half. South Dakota State outplayed them. And, and I think you could just see, I could sense that State was wearing down the Montana team and, and, and just overcame them in that second half and really prevailed by what a couple scores. So, uh, it, it played out pretty much the way that, uh, uh, that the Vegas line had, had projected. But they held Montana to three points. And that basically came as a result of that long drive because state got the ball in the one, ended up having to, you know, kick it back to Montana. Then they had a shorter field and they, drove it down again and settled for a field goal. After that, they never really, in the second half in particular, never even came close. They never even sniffed an opportunity to score in the second half. Yeah, and again, that's where I, I started to sense the uh, uh, South Dakota State superiority, that, that they were, in fact, uh, as I said, wearing them down and just imposing their will. Uh, on the Montana defense and and uh, uh, and the offense, so uh, uh, it 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 uh, I it, to me it was it was just the 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 typical scenario of the better team coming to the forefront in the end. So back to the question that uh, Jackson Yankee threw at me: uh, We wanted to prove to everybody that 
you know, their goal, and obviously, I don't know if this was an entire team's goal or not, but it was Jackson and Jaden's goal to be part of a team that somebody would say, that was the best team ever in the history of the FCS. Oh, how would you argue that either way? I'm just wondering well, from your point of view, what would yeah, you say? If, if Jackson put you on the spot, what would you have said? I, I, I think they this team has to be in that conversation. It's so hard to compare teams of different eras. You talked about North Dakota State. There are multiple championships going back, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, uh, in, in, in terms of, of a single team being the greatest team ever or or creating a, um, a dynasty type of thing, I think you have to have more than two years to create a dynasty, but they could certainly be one of the greatest teams. I, I think of the 85 Bears, uh, Jim McMahon, who won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They, they're one of the better teams ever, but but just one year. So not a dynasty, but a great team. And I think this team would kind of be in that same mold, that they certainly could be considered one of the top teams, the top team or one of the top two or three, but 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 not to be considered uh, a dynasty quite yet. He asked me about that, too. Uh, and that was my answer. I said, well, win one more and then we're talking dynasty. OK, because North Dakota State was they won nine out of 11. Um, I, I don't care what the sport is. I don't think two consecutive championships is quite a dynasty yet. Now, had they won it in 2021 in the spring in that game that they would have certainly won had Mark Gronowski not been injured in the first play or two of the game and still almost won it. They lost to Sam Houston right at the end of the game. Had they won that and then made it to the semifinals the next year and then won the last two. So if they had won three out of four, and made it to the semifinals in the other year. Yeah, I think you're talking think, maybe yeah, dynasty at that yeah, point. Yeah, so let's so. let's either win one next year or the year after, and then then you can start having that. Kind you know of what's great about the future too is that winning winning uh, precipitates winning. In other words, when you have a winning program, recruits the yeah, good blue chip want to be part of that. are more likely to be attracted to your program. Uh, so the ability to go out and recruit re- uh, locally, regionally, and nationally. That, that ability increases tremendously when you can go back and say, hey, we've won two in a row. Uh, your chances of getting NFL exposure are great here. Come on to Brookings, come to South Dakota State, and we're going to be, we're going to start to create that dynasty that we just talked about. So, so winning becomes easier when you win. And, and that's what South Dakota State is creating, I think. And you look at how many guys on the team this year who are done, who are potential whether they get drafted or whether they get looks in free agent camps or whatever, there's about six different guys on this team that realistically could get a shot to play in the NFL. That's a lot from an FCS school. That's a lot from any school. But from an FCS school, that is incredible. So, yes, when Jimmy Rogers, who we're hoping to get on the show today, and if not, we'll get him on tomorrow or Friday, and we'll just do it this week for sure. Um, if... Even if you're at the FCS level, if you're proving with guys like Dallas Goddard and, and all the others along the way, uh, you, you look at South Dakota State, they've put a lot of guys in the pros, but they've never had this many guys on one team at one time that are getting a, getting a look. If you know you can come here, you don't have to, you don't have to go to Alabama. You don't have to be in the transfer portal to go somewhere bigger and better to get to the NFL. When your program at this level is recognized as a potential factory in a place that puts out 
quality yeah. athletes, guys that work hard. That's to me, that's what makes this team so special. They've got kids in the Midwest and right from right around here who work their butt off. They don't just show show up here because they're a five star athlete and go, I'm going to be in the NFL someday. They got guys that when they show up here, generally are fighting, fighting to get a starting spot. And that leads to success. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know that that would have been the case 10 years ago in terms of NFL experience or NFL exposure. Um, I think there was a time when NFL scouts thought, oh, North Dakota, South Dakota, that's kind of out in the boondocks. I, I, it's not, it may not be worth my time to take a trip out there and look at some of the, uh, uh some of the players out there. Now the NFL scouts are, are uh, hunkering down here and watching and seeing the progress of some of these players and they're watching them very intensely because of the success that these programs have had and the success of these athletes in the NFL, the Goddards and, and some of those people. So, so the, the whole perspective, the old, the whole NFL exposure perspective has changed dramatically in the last five, six, seven, eight years. Well, you look at how many Jackrabbits are playing in the NFL playoffs coming up starting this weekend. Christian Roseboom plays for the LA Rams. Uh, uh, you, you've got, uh, Jack Cochran who plays for the Chiefs. Uh, you've, you've got Tucker Kraft who plays for the Packers. You got Dallas Goddard who plays for the Eagles. I mean, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, it's hurt. I don't know if he's going to play, playing for the Miami Dolphins. So it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. And there's a bunch of guys from North Dakota State too. So it's just gotten better and better and better. And I, you know, Zach, Zach Borg and I have had this conversation a lot. Uh, do you just want to jump up to Division One and play in these meaningless bowl games, or do you want to stay where you're at and get a chance to play on national TV in Frisco for a championship? I don't know. I'm I'm 100% in favor of staying in FCS and playing for a national championship, especially when your guys can still make it to the NFL. You know, and I, uh, I, uh, I suspect, I don't know this be the case, but a lot of the, the upper echelon players with South Dakota State or North Dakota State may be tempted to go into the transfer portal and, and go to a, a higher level school, uh, a Big Ten, an SEC, a Big 12, uh, because of the potential better or greater NFL exposure. But that, again, that's not the case now. They can get, uh, equal exposure here in South Dakota or North Dakota. And as you said, play on a potential championship team, get that ring. The ring doesn't go away. I mean, that's there forever, uh, as opposed to maybe making a minor bowl game. Um, so, so again, I, I think a lot of these, the blue chip players that are on these uh, respective teams, um, I, I think they have a whole different decision to make or perspective when they're considering, do I finish my career at a South Dakota state or do I transfer to a Nebraska or a Kansas or a Kansas state to maybe finish out that last year or two? There are so many bowl games now that Minnesota at five and seven had to play in a bowl game this year because they didn't have enough six win teams. That is pathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, but a five and seven team, I don't care who it is should not be playing in a bowl game. And they won, and P.J. Flex, what, 4-0 in that particular bowl game, the Quick Lane Bowl or whatever it is? I mean, yeah. Do you want to do that, or do you want to go to Frisco and play for a national championship? We'll be right back. Your joints are your connection points, and when they hurt, they stop you from moving freely. 
That's why at Sanford Health, our board-certified orthopedics and sports medicine experts are ready to help you safely restore your movement and relieve your pain with same-day joint replacement surgery options. These minimally invasive surgeries come with less risk and allow you to have a comfortable recovery at home. You don't need a referral to get started. Schedule a consultation today at SanfordHealth.org. You hear me talking about great life every day for a reason. And it's not just because my son, Nick Ovenden, is the president. Actually, Dad, I honestly don't know if there's anybody who gets more out of their membership than you. And that's just with the golf you play. You spent half that time at the uh, fitness centers. What are you implying? <laughs> that I'd love to have you work out with me every morning at 6 a.m. I don't think so. How about waiting until I'm awake? Well, good thing most of our facilities are open 24 hours a day. And we've got a friendly, knowledgeable staff that will help you get started or even keep you on track if you need to be, Dad. Let's change the subject. When are you adding new golf courses? Well, we're always looking ahead for our members. So in addition to the courses that we have in the region, we also have Great Life courses in Kansas City, Topeka, and now Arizona. Now you're talking. Hey, hey, can you help me hit it further too? Yep, any time of day. But as for straighter, I sure can't help with that. (laughs) I I know that. (laughs) But our golf pros certainly can. (laughs) Give us a call or stop by any of our locations to see what we're all about. Or go to joingreatlife.com. Live, play, better at Great Life. Just walking into Vance Thompson Vision, I I was amazed at the spaciousness, the greetings I got at the front desk. Nine years ago, my daughter had LASIK surgery. She said, Dad, when you're going to have your cataracts fixed, you should check with Vance Thompson Vision first. Well, my wife looks so good now with these new eyes, I think we're going to take a second honeymoon. Download our free cataract checklist at VanceThompsonVision.com. For those who don't like to be still. For those with things to do and the drive to get them done. For those in search of a partner to help make it happen, there's a bank. A bank that listens, acts, and impacts all things right here. Dakota Bank. Go with experience. Go with teamwork. Go with integrity. For banking, insurance, mortgage, and trust. Dakota Bank. Here for you. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, insurance and trust services, not FDIC insured. Are you looking for a fun, rewarding place to work? At Arby's, they've had plenty of people make it into a fulfilling career, like Denise Hone, who started over 30 years ago. It's not just a job for me. It's a family environment where I've always enjoyed coming to work every day with a smile. There are great opportunities for advancement, and we would love for you to become part of our team. Find out more about working at your favorite Arby's. Apply now by texting Big Beak to 85000. And welcome back to the show. I thought I'd uh, get to it a little quicker because we have our guest with us. Uh, Jimmy Rogers joins us. Jimmy, first of all, just, you know, I don't know what to say. Congrats. It was pretty incredible. Uh, have you come down off the high yet at all? Back for going to school, and for me, it's kind of planning out the next several months. So we're organized, and we can attack at full force and try to be the best team next year. There's a lot of guys that are leaving or have already left for training, and so it's a little unique as far as we're having a team meeting here at 4:30, and a large part of the team has already gone and has moved on. You know, Mason is in Texas, Dyson and. Isaiah is still in Texas. Isaiah is going to the Hula Bowl. There's just a, there's just a lot of moving parts right now that um, our full team that we just ended with isn't here. So a little bit of it, yeah, it uh, happens really fast. We enjoyed the moment, but surely we kind of 
need to reset ourselves and get ready to compete with this team. I know you're quick to move on and, and get ready to start working toward another title, but I don't think you'll ever quite have a team like this in that, and I'm not just talking about how they went 15-0 and and won a national championship. I'm talking about the fact that you had all these sixth-year seniors because of COVID. You'll, you'll probably never have this kind of a veteran team or team that's this close again just because of the length of it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, just the connection to the team is really special with the amount of years that we're stacked on top of this. But this team overall is really close. We're going to have numerous guys coming back for their additional sixth year. I mean, Graham Spaulding, uh, Adam Bach. There, there's just there's a lot of guys on this roster. Dallas Beenham will be back. There's a lot of guys that are returning that maybe people didn't even realize that they were returning. Um do still think it's more of a veteran group and I may always feel that way as long as we continue to do a good job of developing the youth of the team because the world doesn't know this when we practice a lot a lot of the older guys that were veterans that didn't take every single rep at practice you know Miles Taylor and uh, um, Noah St. Juice like a freshman corner was running with the older guys on our end of practice Kirby Voorhees was running with the older guys on the end of practice um William Papke, same thing. There's a lot of youth that has taken a season's worth of reps that will be so much better because of it and be able to compete next year and be able to help us. So I'm excited, really. Um, I told this to Mason, don't take this the wrong way. Um, but I was excited to start in on this season because I think a lot of these guys were on the verge of being able to play and help us this last season. They just didn't because of the depth in which we had and just because people don't know who they are doesn't mean that they can't make them learn who they are. So there's a lot of hungry guys in this group with a lot of talent that just haven't had the opportunity, and they've stayed with us for this moment, and the moment's going to open here soon. Yeah, Samar Johnson made that very clear after the game was over. He said, we got a lot of dogs on this team who are eager to play and show what they can do. Yeah, I'm excited for this group, really. There's a lot of youth in the tight end room, our O-line group, I feel like with our freshman group that we currently have and then the freshman group that's coming in, there will be maybe some of the best. Uh, collectively, from top to bottom, our O-line group and D-line group will be really, really talented. Our freshman D-line group, we hit it out of the park with. So there's going to be a lot of guys that nobody knows about that are going to be difference makers next year for us. I'm pretty convicted in that. Jimmy, what was the most memorable part of this year for you? Um. There's so many things that went into this year that I'll I'll cherish and I'll remember. Maybe uh, just the the senior the senior group and my relationship with them and that blossoming and growing as the year went and then finishing the way we did and their their reaction after the game and seeing them have joy. That's something I'll always cherish. How about your joy? How would you rate that? Were you able to really enjoy it as much as you would like to have? Um, yeah, I'm kind of a singular focus type of person. Um, when we went down there, I mean, I was pretty locked in and just winning the game. So to soak everything in the way everybody told me, I just tried to embrace the moments I had with the players. Uh, but my focus was on winning the game and then was able to enjoy that with former teammates and my family and, my wife's family and that that part was cool and waking up the next day you just think about how you how you're going to do it again that may seem sick but 
the reality in the world that we live in. You know, nobody cares if you don't consistently produce. And so my job is to try to leave this next group uh, with the same type of feeling that this group left with. And it takes a lot of work to get that done. So to stay lost in the moments of what has already happened, I can't do that. I can't do it for them. Were you proud of how things turned out in the game on Sunday? Yeah, I think we started a little sloppy, uh, but we handled it really well. I, I think some of those things were uncommon errors as far as turnovers and uh, our consistency. I don't think our confidence ever wavered in the game. Um, it never felt like it was out of reach for them to come back, and it never felt like uh, we were fully in control. And so I never felt like we lost confidence. Um, but we definitely didn't play our best in that first half, and things happen. And I said it earlier, it's just how you respond to it. We responded in the second half and was able to come out and consistently play well on defense well enough to, you know, uh, have, a, have a shot on offense. And um, I was excited just the way the guys battled consistently through because I felt like there was a focus for 60 minutes, and that's usually all I ever asked for. All right, let's see if we can figure out a time that you've got a little more time, and maybe next week there's a day that works. And in the meantime, though, congrats. It was sure a lot of fun. I know the Jackrabbit Nation was uh, was pretty thrilled. Yeah, we were pumped, and I just want to say thanks to all the fans that came out. They made a difference. It was an awesome showing, and um, hopefully they had a lot of fun this season. We can continue the, the path of filling out this stadium here for a bunch of home games that we'll have a ton of success. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for listening to Calling All Sports. Today's show was brought to you by Arby's, Overhead Door, Great Life Health and Fitness, Lewis Drug, Fireplace Pros, Sanford Health, Dakota Bank, Dakota Beverage, Vance Thompson Vision, Corey Insurance, Furniture Mart USA, Billion Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram, the South Dakota Golf Association, Houston Speedway, Comfort King, and Corey and the Fireflies. They're here. Firestone.